Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. All right, open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. I was, uh, you know, we usually spend a, a few weeks right here at the start of the year on some vision messages for the year, and we're going to do that, and I suppose that this is one of those, uh, although I was going a certain direction, this doesn't always happen, but I was going a certain direction, and on Friday, the Lord redirected me completely to a different um, message, and uh you know, some of that may have had to do with some things that are happening in our country right now, but but really more it was just like, I, it was about me, <laughs> and I think it's about us as the church to uh, just, I really felt like I was supposed to just go back and preach Jesus. So, uh, going <laughs> to, surprise, <laughs> surprise everybody, I'm going to preach Jesus. And the word is treasure Jesus Christ. And we've had so many cultural moments in the last year. I mean, a lot of cultural moments, right? And uh, the latest cultural moment is when this past Wednesday, when the Capitol was stormed, uh, people charging and breaking into the the Capitol building, and it was uh, confusing, it was scary, it was uh, it, it created fear and anxiety. Uh, it was disorienting. It was bizarre. It was foolish. It was violent, and it was sinful. Um, and so, in denouncing that, just in, we're going to move on to some other stuff. But I want to just use this as an opportunity to make some connections between things that we talk about all the time, but we may not always connect them. You know, so there's, there's things that I talk about and that we've been preaching since the beginning of the church, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so when Jesus comes, you know, he doesn't say, hey, this is how you get to heaven. He comes and says, repent. The gospel is, he, the kingdom is here. It's, it's, it's come. And the reign of God has come. And so order your life, get your life in order and in line with the kingdom of God. So God reigns. And that's what he's demonstrating so crystally clear in Jesus Christ. But we don't always make those connections. And so this past week when we saw, uh, you know, the, the uh, what, like, we'll talk about nationalism. Nationalism is when you put your people group or your nation state above G- Jesus Christ. So that's, that's, a, that's, and that's not a new statement for us, but when you look at what happened this past week, you go, wow, that's not a good thing to have people storming the, the and, and even syncretism would be another word I would throw in there. That's where you amalgamate different religious ideas with cultural ideas, and it kind of gets all blended. And so you've got people carrying Jesus saves signs and Christian flags and the American flag all kind of woven together. Now, the way we've talked about that in the past is you'll see sometimes an image of Calvary, you know, three crosses together, and there'll be an American flag blowing in the background, and then military jets coming. And like, those are real images and real symbols, and that's syncretism. That's blending, and so it's been happening since Constantine. 
You know, when he, he had a vision of you'll win your battles in this, in this sign. It was the sign of the cross. And, and so those kinds of things have been going on a long time. And for us as believers in Jesus Christ who are saying, Jesus, you are the Lord, we are enacting a new polis here, a new politic, a new ethic of where Jesus is the Lord. First and foremost, where he's the king and he is our greatest treasure in all of life. We're going to be talking about that today. So in contrast um, to you know, the nationalism idea or the syncretistic idea, I want us to just start with treasuring Jesus Christ. Treasure Jesus Christ. Love Jesus Christ. The, the New Testament says it in so many different ways. Follow him, trust him, set your minds on him, uh, believe in him, uh, consider him, follow him. He, all of those are, are the ways that Jesus talks and is, encourages us to align our lives with him. What does his kingdom look like? What does his ethic look like? What does his love look like? What does his reign look like? And that's how we want to be living as the people of God, on the mission of God, for the glory of God, as followers of Jesus. And so we're always looking to him. We're always meditating on him. We're always thinking about him and contemplating him, who he is, what he's done, what he's doing, and what he will do. And I want to just keep that, I want to plant that seed as you read the scriptures. Who is he? What's he doing? What's he going to do? Think about what's he done for us. All of those, that's the way we want to live and believe that he is the word face to face with God from all eternity. That, that he is revealing the Father. He's revealing God. He's the bread of life. He is, who is he? He's the living water. He's the great I am. He's the alpha and the omega. He is the living one who lives and reigns forever and ever. We think about this. He's the shepherd of our souls. He's the gate for the sheep. He is the one lifted up high on the cross who draws all men to himself. You know, he is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. He is our very life. He is the great mediator between God and men. He's the great includer of us, of our humanity, right into the divine circle of love. That's what Jesus, that's who Jesus is. That's what he's done. And so that we can now participate in God's life. We are partakers of the divine life because of Jesus Christ. So we want to lift him up. He came for us mind-boggling revelation, the incarnation, that he left the riches and became poor for our sake so that we might become rich. He lived and modeled what living in the kingdom actually looks like. And then he goes to the cross for our sakes he, so that he, we could experience atonement with God, onement with God, reconciliation with God, forgiveness from God, uh, just... Uh, adoption with God, all the wonderful things that the cross brings into our life. That's what Jesus has done for us. And it's really, really good news. He came and that he, is, he, is, he died on that cross. He was raised on the third day by the power of God. He's ascended to the right hand of God and he's coming again. You know, what he's going to do is come again and it's all this mind-boggling stuff that he's going to do when he comes, but he wants us to reign with him, to be a kingdom and to be priests with him. He wants us to even, he's going to invite us to sit with him, Revelation 3, 15 says. So who he is, what he's done, what he's doing right now, all the same stuff. He's same yesterday, today, forever, all the same stuff he was doing, he is doing and will be doing. 
And he's leading us and delivering us and set us, setting us free. All of those wonderful things. And then he is coming again for us. Really good news. We treasure Jesus Christ at Antioch, Fort Worth. He is the stone that is precious to us. And I'll just read that verse there from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. So this is kind of the doorway that I want to... I This verse became special to me. I remember reading a sermon from Charles Spurgeon. He's this preacher that lived in London in the 1800s. And, and uh, the way they would... Sorry, that was out of breath. Just preaching Jesus a little bit there. And uh, like they would put like a little part of a verse and that would, they would preach then from that one little phrase. Now, to you who believe this stone is precious. And then he'd go off and preach for 40 minutes on that. I, I'm not going to do that today. But, but it's so good. I mean, that's when I, one of those places I was going, oh yeah. And you'll hear us ask this question around Antioch. Like, when did Jesus become your treasure? Because really, that's kind of what believing in the gospel is. It's not just getting some insurance so that I can go to heaven one day. It's Jesus Christ is the Lord. Jesus Christ is the greatest treasure of all. So when did he become your treasure? And that kind of cuts through some of the cultural stuff that we're, we have to deal with because there's, there's different people that, that take the name of Jesus but don't necessarily follow him as disciples. That's a big part of our, the journey in America that we've been kind of on for a long time. We want to not only trust Jesus for salvation, but trust him in everyday life and living. And we actually want to try to live the, the ethic, the life, the love, the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. <laughs> These things that don't always seem very practical in our culture. So we want to, we want to do that. And so my, uh, the reason I chose First uh, Peter, it's just been kind of on my heart to read through it. I want to encourage all of us, let's read First Peter. Just read it. Because it was written to uh, churches that were people, churches, brothers and sisters, in churches scattered throughout Galatia, Cappadocia, Bithynia, Asia, all these kind of around that part of the northern Mediterranean there. And, and uh they're, going, they're undergoing trials. So this letter is written for people that feel like they're undergoing trials. So that's going to be a big chunk of the room here, several of us anyway. Some trials, yeah. And a number of you guys out there, you might slip up your hand on your living room couch there. So trials, man. And so we relate to this stuff. And what I want us to do is, I want us to just read. I'm going to read a bunch of scripture here. Uh, most of chapter one and a good chunk of chapter two. And I want us to just read it. And as we read it, look for Jesus. Look for who he is, what's he done, what's he doing, and what will he do? Now, all of those things are in there. And you could do this with so many of the letters of the New Testament and the Gospels. You could just ask those questions, and it would be a big, wonderful light bulb revelation experience by the Holy Spirit. So, so let's do this. Let's read it and look at it together, and then I'll finish up with a couple of questions here. Everybody good? Yeah, All right, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. So this is to God's elect, all these exiles that are scattered out there. He says, Praise be to the God and Father 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. I need to say that different. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You know, I just want to say, well, I was at D school the other night uh, on Monday night, and we were talking about different apologetic stuff. And one of the things we landed on was one of the most powerful apologetics that there is, period, is that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. This is our first and greatest hope that Jesus is raised from the dead. And because of that, we're given new birth, life from heaven, life from above, born again is the way it says. We are given new birth, a born again experience into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that's not all. Into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And this inheritance inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And so what we want to do right now, brothers and sisters, is treasure Jesus and engage our faith as we trust in him, looking to him, knowing that we are shielded as we trust in Jesus. We are being protected by him. There's a shielding that happens because stuff is going down. He says in verse 6, In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. That is a part of life. He's he's promising it. Now, they're going through extra, extra trials. There's some persecution happening, but they're going through stuff. And he says, though, to make sense out of this, he said, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, it may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Okay, so there's a, there's a, uh, a metaphor there about our faith is like gold and it's being refined by fire. So it's heated up and under pressure. Uh, when, the heat, when the heat comes, the dross that's in our lives, the impurities that's in our lives, they surface. Does anybody know about that? Ever seen that happen? You get under some heat, and oh my gosh, I can't believe what just surfaced in my life, what just came out, the, whatever the, the, that, that fleshy kind of thing in us. And And there's many metaphors like this that we're going to be touching on in the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about being pruned. (laughs) You guys are fun to to preach to. All right. I know that's what you were doing at home too. But uh, pruning, yes. Dross removal through fire. Yes. But here's the deal. Like it's, It's good for us. It's good for us, and it's easier to see in times like this. The times we're living, we see, yes, we need this. It's when the pressure's on that we need this word, that this, like Jesus, is coming again, and we want to live lives that result in praise, honor, and glory for him. Like, we want to start living the life now. Like, uh, Kim read me a post from Bruxy Cavey yesterday. It said, like, start living that eternal life now. Live like you want to live forever, starting now. That's a good word. That's, that's, a, that's it. That's what we want to do. So, though you've not seen him, you love him. Come on. He's the treasure, right? 
He's our Savior. Got a thousand reasons for loving Jesus. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I do just want to say that joy is connected to treasuring. Like when we treasure something, it brings joy in our lives. You know, like if we treasure each other, there's joy when we're treasuring each other. And if there's no joy there, even in trial, it's like we need a realignment. We need a recalibration. We need to, to uh, get things, you know, let some things go, get straightened back up on the road that we're supposed to be walking on so that joy will mark us. Lord, restore to us the joy of your salvation. In your presence is the fullness of joy. Make sense? Yeah. So that's, that's part of treasuring. Um, um, I'm trying to think of the phrase. Uh, years ago, I read this book from John Piper, and it was, uh, and, and, and he, he connects uh, delighting in God. I, um, I'm off. I don't have a lot of notes, so I'm just. <laughs> um, but, uh, but God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. You know, when we're finding our greatest joy in God, that's when probably when God's going to get more, more glory and honor in our lives. So let's, let's keep going. Let's skip over that next paragraph down to the be holy part. Verse 13, therefore, with minds that are alert, you know, somebody was praying that in the, our pre-service prayer this morning. I want to be alert, looking for you, Jesus. With minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Okay, so we're setting our hope on the grace that's going to be ours in Jesus. In fact, we know from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms right now, and that in coming, it's going to take coming ages for us to, for God to put on display the kindness of his grace that was given to us in Christ Jesus. So like this grace is going to be, what we're putting our hope in is something that's going to be unpacked, and it's going to take coming ages to do that. So it's just like, thank you, Lord. Your grace is sufficient. Your grace is what we are looking to in these days. You're empowering life. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Don't go back there. Don't go back there. But just as he called, who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And so, you know, in the Old Testament, there's this sense about holiness. It's like these laws, don't do this, don't touch a dead body. You will be defiled if you touch that dead body. Don't touch uh, a person who's got leprosy. You will be defiled. And then all of a sudden, you know, in, in, and it's easy to get the uh, hazmat suit, uh, you know, no germs kind of perspective about holiness, but then Jesus comes. And Jesus starts touching sinners left and right. You know, but what's happening there is that what we, need to, what we need to see is that when God's holiness comes, he actually wants to touch people that are broken. And those things that used to defile, he actually wants to make them holy. He ultimately wants to make the entire cosmos holy, new heavens and new earth. Where And there's a great little, uh, I would refer you to the Bible Project, look up holiness. It's a great one. It just shows how Jesus comes, and he's the new temple. 
You know, you used to have to, had to go to a temple and the Holy of Holies was back in there, but now the veil's torn and Jesus is the new temple. And we are that temple in him together and, and living waters flowing out of us to touch things and make things right where they're wrong. So just, yeah, be holy as I am holy. That's what he's saying to us. And since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Now, that's a good word for us as we think about this fact that we have a, a different ultimate allegiance as Christians, as followers of Jesus. We live here as foreigners in reverent fear. It says it in different ways in different places in the New Testament. We're citizens of heaven. We are ambassadors of Christ. We represent him there. We are resident, but we're aliens at the same time. We don't over, overdo our connection or our identity here. There, there's a, it's, a, it's a both and. There's a tension. And Jesus wins in that allegiance for us. So, so you live as foreigners here in reverent fear, trusting and looking to the Lord. For it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you by your, from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. I mean, that's precious. That's the treasure. We were redeemed, forgiven, set free, brought out of bondage. He was chosen before the creation of the world, and, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that your faith and hope are in God. So in times of trouble, times of trial, times of uncertainty, we're looking to God and our faith and hope are in God. Our trust is in Jesus who redeemed us from the broken, empty, lost ways that we were living in. And he set us free and forgave us because he was the lamb who said, yes, father, from before the creation of the world. Yes, father, I'll do it. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love, this is where it goes, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply and from the heart. So when you're obeying everything, when you're walking with the Lord, the, the pinnacle of ethic for us as followers of Jesus is love. This is the greatest commandment. Love God, love one another. Love those who don't know him. Just love people. Love your neighbor. This is, the, this is the whole point, trajectory, where this is going. This is being like the triune relational God of love, being other-centered, self-giving, focused in the, the pinnacle of what was just talked about there, the cross, the lamb who was slain before the creation of the world. Uh, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So that's, that's a great segue for maybe next week or the week after. One of these next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about being planted in the house of the Lord. We're going to switch metaphors again and, and talk about how we're like a plant or we're like trees and we grow and we get pruned, but we ultimately want to be like oaks of righteousness that are a planting of God on the earth that, that stands and, and, and endures and, and has good soil that doesn't get the seeds all snatched away and all of that. So we're gonna, we'll get into that. But that's like, there it is. You've been born again, not of a perishable seed, but of imperishable through the enduring 
word of God. All people are like grass, all their glory like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. What he's done in us, what he's spoken in us, what he's spoken about the world that's going to happen, it is going to happen. The word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. So, okay, here's what we do. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. So, again, no one's upset. I'm being pastoral. This applies to everybody. Nobody gets a pass. We all have to work on stuff. Everybody. Everybody that's trying to follow Jesus, no matter you know, what our background is, no matter what kind of national politics we align with, we've got to work on this stuff. Rid yourselves of this. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you've tasted that the Lord is good and he is good. And so again, switching metaphors. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. Now, I do just want to pause on the church calendar. Today is the baptism of the Lord. So just when I read that he is precious to God, the living stone, he's precious to God. He is precious. You are my son whom I love. And with you, I am well pleased. And I bless you. And I bl- that blessing then is for everyone who is in him. That preciousness to God is for us as well. You are like living stones. You also are like living stones being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Okay, there's so much there, but I do just want to, again, back to the, uh, back to the pruning thing. You know, for stones to be a quarry, for stones to be cut and actually fit in next to each other, there's got to be some stuff that is taken off. Makes sense. Like you got to do something. There's some chipping. You're not ready to go just yet. And so we're, we're being fitted in, but we also realize we're rubbing in some places where there's some stuff that needs to, needs to, needs to go. And so that we can fit in with our brothers and sisters and be this spiritual house together to be a holy priesthood. What do priests do? Priests represent the people to God and God to the people. And now he's saying, that's who we are. We're a priesthood, a holy priesthood together. And there's, I'll say more about that in a second. Every spiritual, uh, offering spiritual sacrifice is acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. See, I lay in Zion uh, a, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And here's where we started, the door. Now to you who believe this stone is precious. The stone, the stone that is the cornerstone that was rejected. That's what he quotes Psalm 118 there in that next verse. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So Jesus was rejected, and yet he became the chief cornerstone for a brand new temple. For a brand new, this, it, it was prophesied in Ezekiel, this temple's coming, and living water's going to flow from it, it's going to touch the nations. You see it in fulfillment in Revelation 21, 22, but that's who Jesus is. That's who Jesus is. 
So he is that cornerstone. He is building that temple. Destroy this temple, I'll rebuild it in three days. A stone that causes people to stumble. A rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is what they were destined for. But you, but you, all the but you's and the but now's and that kind of stuff in scripture, good stuff is usually on the other side of that. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you'd not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. Now, this is Peter, who is the apostle to the Jews, who's proclaiming this good news to not just the Jews, but everyone who's in Christ, and taking all those historic ancient names of Israel and God's special people that they were, and then applying that word to everyone, Jew and Gentile, together in Christ. That's what Jesus has done in bringing the world together, a multi ethnic, worldwide family of people that are family now, where his blood, you know, when you, when you say something like, well, you know, they're blood, that's, that's family. That's a strong statement of we're kin, we're, we're related together. But now everyone in Christ worldwide, we share this blood together. We're family. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? And what we do with that is we have this new identity together. It, it's treasure Jesus, but it's not just treasure Jesus by yourself. It's treasure Jesus together because we're a chosen people. We're a holy priesthood. We're representing, we're receiving from God and sharing with others. We're a holy priesthood, a holy nation, a people that are made now to declare the praises of God and to bear witness to Jesus Christ. That's who we are. That's what we do. That's, that's what we're about. We've received mercy, and now we proclaim that we've received mercy. We weren't a people, but we are now a people. And so all of a sudden, this, just all the different backgrounds and things that are even here in this room, and certainly, you know, worshiping with us online, it is a beautiful thing that God brings us together, that we treasure Jesus, and we treasure Jesus together. And I wrote some things down there that we do this in worship. You know, there's a, there's a word for us about worship right now, that God wants us to lead the way in our discipleship with worship, but also with prayer. You know, that we want to, uh, you know, it's, if you keep going through uh, this letter, I mean, it's amazing. Just read it and think about the things we've talked about this morning and read it, go through it. And what you're going to see is, the end of all things is near. I could just, on and on and on. There's so many examples. Everything's about over, he says. The end of all things is near. So be alert and sober-minded so that you can pray. You know, and resist the enemy. When you've done everything else, stand against him. He wants, he's after us. Be humble. Be, t- take the low road. Um, all these things are just so very practical for us. Who he is, what he's done, what he's doing and what he will do. And we're living in a time right now where we need to consider where we are at with treasuring Jesus Christ. Right here at the beginning of the year, and I know it's, I don't mean it to be any more heavy than the Holy Spirit just helping us to see Jesus. 
Because we want to be the people that are treasuring Jesus. So where are we at in treasuring Jesus Christ? Where are we at in being priests that, that, that reach out to God, but reach out to others? Where are we at in our own personal lives in loving others and being the expression of the ethic of the kingdom of God with people? Like, and, and that is, that's a really broad kind of word, but it's a word that if we'll follow Jesus, he'll lead us into the right ways of living that out and how we talk with people and how we express ourselves. Is it, does it have that feel, that flavor, that aroma, that uh, the, 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 the way of love, you know? And so there's an individual part in all this. Like it helps if I'm going to, if I'm going to be a part of this family and we're going to do this together, then I, there's a part of living this out that I need to practice in my own private world so that when I'm together with others, I've got something to give. I mean, we, and, and so that's, there's an individual part, but there's a corporate part that we can't really separate. I can't, I can't do it by myself. And I can't, here's what we're figuring out too during the pandemic is you can't even do it with your own family. You just, we, we can't, we, we were never made to be just isolated nuclear families. We were made to live this thing out together. And we're going to be unpacking that over the weeks to come, but there is, it's, a, it's a both and peace. We need to live it out in our families, and we need then to have that reality in order to live it out together, because we need each other during this time. So what, here's maybe a little more pointed way of saying it, what is competing with Jesus in your own journey right now? Just you know, is there, is there calibrating that needs to happen in your own journey, opinions, thoughts, just preferences? A few of us are reading a book called You Are What You Love. And just the idea is the habits that we build into our lives, they, they, they actually, it's weird because you say, I love Jesus but if I don't build those habits into my life that are practices that actually point to loving Jesus and fuel that in my life, I may actually love other things more than I love Jesus. So, man, that's a good word. I need it. You know, one of the things we, we had a couple days of prayer last week, uh, Kim and I did, and, and it's good. I mean, I feel like the Lord's calling us to redig some old wells, just some things where there used to be a life and a source there that we've kind of gotten away from over the years and just, and I'll, I'll say some more about it later, but it's been good. You know, we're, we're encouraged and maybe you need to do the same thing. Maybe there's some places where it's just, it's an alignment word or it's redig something you used to have, or it's return to your first love or it's repent or it's realign or it's, you know, get that, get that uh, calibration thing going. And it, it's just an invitation here as I'm wrapping this up. It's an invitation for all of us Asher, come on up, man. If you would, just go ahead and stand up. And I just want to pray a little bit over us as, as, a, as a way of doing some ministry today. And just invite us to treasuring Jesus. Treasuring Jesus in our personal life. And just let's, just let's just be creative a minute. What are the different ways that I would express treasuring Jesus? It could be my thinking. 
the speed that I'm running at, if I'm just just going so fast that I spending time with the Lord in the morning, it's going to help me calibrate. Saying no to some things, probably another key area. Treasuring Jesus empowers us and the Holy Spirit is empowering us to to say yes to things that we need to say yes to and no to things that we need to say no to that are you ever just you've done something you watch something you just man that is not that was not good for my soul violent whatever sexual yeah so Lord teach us what to say yes to or what to say no to what to get caught up in what to push away from Lord, show us how to to be light and to bear witness to you in the midst of, uh, yeah, Lord, a lot of confusion right now, different symbols and things that are connected with you. Lord, we want just in our asking right now, Lord Jesus, you're the King. You're the Lord. We give our allegiance to you. We bow our knee to you. And right here at the beginning of the year, Lord, we want to, in all the different ways that that's going to look like with our conversations and prayer with our spouses, our roommates. Yeah, I want to just, I want to encourage you to, to just schedule some stuff. Put some stuff on your calendar. That's, that's, that's probably the main thing. I mean, just get the things on the calendar that matter. Other things will push in there if you don't. So Lord, help us to treasure you, to see who you are, what you've done for us, to treasure and value who you are, to treasure and value what you've done. Thank you, Lord. To treasure and value what you're doing right now, that you're alive and speaking and leading and delivering and healing, and that you want us like joining you in that. Father sent me, I'm sending you. And Lord, we want to see what you're going to do. And Lord, there's even just in reading Peter, Lord, we see that our lives are supposed to be influenced by you coming again. And Lord, the hard things that we go through right now, help us, Lord. Help us have mercy. When there's dross that needs to go, Lord, we set our hope on the grace that's out there in front of us. And Lord, we want to bring you praise and honor and glory with our lives. I pray that over every single person at Antioch, Fort Worth, over the church in Fort Worth, Lord, over our brothers and sisters around the world. Lord, would you do it in us? Would you start here? Just with, and, and again, Lord, we're just, uh, Lord, we're asking for mercy for ourselves. And we're asking for mercy for everybody that we disagree with. Lord, we're asking that we would love our enemies. Uh, Lord, we just, I'm, I'm asking, Lord, that just be grace, that we wouldn't judge other people in a way that's more harsh than we uh, want to be judged ourselves. Lord, that we would forgive as we've been forgiven. 
So Lord, help us. Help us as we're moving forward. Lord, help us in our country as we're moving forward. I pray, Lord, let, let, let people treasure you, Lord Jesus, in your ways, especially those that take the name of Christian. Lord, I pray that just a fresh revelation of you being the treasure above all other treasures, that that would just begin to happen. When did, when did Jesus become the treasure? And what does that look like right now in our lives? Are there any changes that need to happen? And we trust you, God, that you are not leaving us. You are not leaving your church. Lord, you're building your church. Holy Spirit, you are living and moving and convicting and just bringing the things that are from Jesus right into our own experience. And Father, we're trusting you for your love to make things right in the midst of so much brokenness and loss and pain. Lord, bring people together. Give us a heart like Jesus to turn toward and not turn away. To love well during this time. In the name of Jesus, amen. May you, my brothers and sisters, be people that more and more treasure Jesus with all of your heart. And may he give you grace to do it together with others in this community of faith called Antioch. Love you guys, and may the Lord bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in peace.